0: All right, welcome everybody to this episode of Breaking Absolutes. This one's different and in an exciting way. Um, Usually I'm talking to musicians or even a couple of uh, producers and sound engineers. Today I'm going to talk to Stephanie Cabral, who is a rock and metal photographer. Um, I'll be honest, I I wasn't familiar with Stephanie, at least least as a name behind photos that I may have seen somewhere, uh, until a friend of mine... Uh, Dagna Celestia, who um, um, actually plays in my band Symphony North, mentioned uh, Stephanie to me, and so and I'm. If you've known me very long, you know that I'm I'm um, I'm passionate about imagery, uh, whether it's photography or I- illustration. And um, for a long time, I would every day I would look for new and unique imagery to post and talk about. And so when I found Stephanie's website and I started looking at her work. Um, and I I mentioned this to her a moment ago when we were chatting before the show, and this is such a cliche, but there is uh, certain people, uh, I call them artists, possess the quality to capture in film or if they're uh, an illustrative artist, something ineffable um, that communicates and tells story and evokes emotion. Not all people who have a camera have that gift, regardless of how good the camera is. Stephanie has that like it it uh, it kind of screams out of her um, out of her imagery. Uh, they're just so evocative, and so I was excited after looking at her work to get to talk to her. So we're gonna bring her on and get to know Stephanie a little bit. Hello, Stephanie.
1: What's up, Peter? Hey, first,
0: thanks for joining me. Um, it's exciting for me to get to to, to talk to somebody who. I mean, you're, I can't even count the number of uh, musicians that are favorites of mine that you are, um, I don't know, uh, either must know or have have come to you specifically because of your work. It's really quite stunning. The coolest job on the planet, right? Yeah. Um, I was noticing, though, before we jump um, right into the, the actual stuff, I was looking at your LinkedIn page. Which you know, I guess qualifies as trolling or stalking. That's not my intent. But you're not. This isn't the first music-related thing you've done before you were centrally a photographer. um, Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? Because I saw some stuff here that you were. I think in uh, as a you were a music director. You actually worked in media relations at Sony. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah. I was like, Oh, what does it say on LinkedIn? I haven't been on there in in years. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, most of the people that hire me know me. So I'm like, Oh, what, what was on LinkedIn way back when? So straight out of college, I started working for RIP magazine. I mean, I literally graduated on a Friday. I'd already been interning at RIP magazine, which was, you know, the heavy metal magazine in the late eighties, early nineties. And so we're talking like 92, 93, 93. And, uh, worked there as a, eventually as um, the photo editor, but also shot photographs for them. Okay. And so then after the magazine started to crumble and the bad years of the Seattle scene, sorry, nothing personal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I started working for Metal Blade Records and uh, in PR. And then I worked at Sony music in PR. And then from there, I worked at Yahoo Music um, as a music director. So programming radio stations, photographing bands, um, hiring bands to play different Yahoo music events. Like way before Google, Yahoo was the only, you know, search engine. Way back in the like, you know, 2000s. I totally remember (laughs) it, yeah. (laughs) And uh, in around 2008, when, you know, Yahoo started to uh, take a back side or back way back seat to google is when i went out on my own and just did photography 100 full time i'd always done it on the side i got my degree in photography i have uh, an associate of arts degree in art photography I, i've met bachelor's in photojournalism so i've always been a photographer and something else because
0: being 100 freelance is scary shit sometimes oh, man, yeah oh,
1: am i allowed to cuss oops
0: yeah. scary stuff well, you can totally you can you can cuss yeah, that's right. It's um, freelance. Anything it carries with it its own uh, uncertainty and burden. Um, so kudos to you for uh, w- was the was the switch to full time because you were just beginning to gain so much traction with the side the side gig, or was, did the other stuff dry up and so you uh, it was a forcing function?
1: No, I mean. I, I always felt like um, having a full-time nine-to-five job with benefits and a 401k and all that stuff like kind of fit my personality but at the same time it held me back creatively yeah. and w- once I was comfortable enough in my lifestyle where I could take a chance on making you know my first year as a freelancer I probably only made $30,000. So, you know, that's, that was way less than I was making at any of those major corporations. Yeah. Um, so, so it was a little scary, but I had enough of a savings where I could build up my full-time photography career and let people know that I'm not just available on weekends and nights, I'm available 24 seven. So that, that grew pretty quickly because um, everybody kind of already knew who I was in the music industry, at least in LA from the companies I had worked with. Right.
0: Okay, well, that's I mean, but but from the beginning, photography was a passion and something that you'd actually studied kind of formally. Um, And it grew into the central thing that you do. Um, I want to switch now over to uh, let's actually start looking at some of the photography and you've got um, like we'll pause right here. (laughs) <laughs> what's uh while you're 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 known as a, a rock and metal photographer it's not all you do act right correct I mean you know I'll shoot anything for the right price um
1: I do prefer you know if, if I'm going to do a budget shoot it better be a band I love or adore or friends but you know for example uh, I shot a lot for Yahoo when I was employed there. And then even after, they hired me as a freelance photographer for years after I I left Yahoo. So for example, Common was a Yahoo artist. So I did a session with Common, same thing with um, Hugh Laurie, Uh, but I was a huge house fan. So, you know, getting to do actors. Uh, I have like Wayne Gretzky on my site. Um, I did him for a Skechers ad uh because i knew somebody at Skechers, you know it's always it's always relationships i was with adele in the studio because i was friends with the people at sony music from my time at working there and she was a young artist they wanted me to capture some photos of her in the studio when she was doing the 21 record yeah so but then there's people like sacred Reich, what you're showing right now who i've known phil for 20 probably 25 years and adore, and you know, he had me come out to Phoenix to do three different photo shoots with uh, Sacred Reich for this last record.
0: Yeah, well, um, I just want to look at this, and we can stop, and and um, you can talk to me about it. But is it is it, it? There's further down. We'll get into some of your live photography. You do sounds like the you principally do music, and but you but you have it seems like a real balance between doing i think what you call session photography versus what you do live so i would say most people who get in photography
1: start especially music photography start off live because it's easier you're just pushing the button capturing the scene and that's what i did when i was a kid i used to sneak my camera into concerts i'd shove it down my pants and go to shows and take pictures of my favorite bands buy a ticket push to the front row once i got a little more accomplished and a little more comfortable i mean it's it's hard to pull somebody aside who you know you might you know for example chuck billy you know i had pictures of testament on my wall in high school and now i'm like hey chuck can you come here like can you move a little differently like it takes kind of a lot of like brass to kind of push somebody around and direct somebody who you have idolized in your past so once i got a little bit more established as a photographer i started doing more and more sessions and getting more and more like magazine and commercial work for uh, album artwork and stuff like that. But definitely started off doing probably, sorry, just shook my table, Uh, starting off doing probably 90% live. And then the few sessions I did do were friends that had no budget. that were like, Hey, like one of my first sessions was with Lizzie Borden, and it was like, oh, wow. "Hey, can you do a session?" I was still in college, and we set up like a whole photo lab at at, at my uh, dorm, and and did a photo shoot in the living room, and printed everything in a lab set up in the bathroom, and did it kind of all DIY. And that's over thirty years, and I still did his last photo shoot for his last album.
0: Well, here's a question for you: When you I. There's a lot of these we'll look at that are the, the, in the session work that are, are um, they seem considered. Like if there's a, a composition, I'm wondering, is this, um, how much of this is like you coming with creative thought around how to, you know, evoke the image of the band or the feeling of the record or whatever, versus um, them sort of editorializing for you what it should be? Or is it some sort of mix of both? I would like for
1: it to be a mix of both. I always try and get a vibe or a feeling from the artist. Like, what what do you want to, what, what, what ideas do you have? Do you have any ideas? Do you want a, you know, evil look? Do you want a, you know, poppy look, a colorful look? And I've had a wide range of spectrum, a uh, wide range of ideas. Um, overkill's just do what you do. And they were stoked with all the images. They had a couple of images of God, I think it was the Ramones that they gave me as an example of like the Ramones walking down the street. And we kind of mimicked that a little bit. And they ended up loving that image. Uh, it was different than this one. This one was later on at night under a bridge. I was like crawling in pigeon poop and didn't even realize what it was at the time. Um, but like I, I use Joey Vera as a good example from Armored Saint, because Joey always comes with a big variety and a big idea and usually it's like shoot can i actually do his idea um like we did a uh it's at the very bottom but we did a harky ad with joey vera where he wanted to be a zombie coming out of the ground and we had his amps set up to look like a tombstone and it was like fog and all this other stuff and it was like, well, can we do this? I dug a hole in my backyard and we kind of did it very DIY style. Like, you know, a lot of this stuff was way before Photoshop, like the typo negative photo you're showing there, like way before Photoshop. That was Pete's idea. So for example, he wanted to do with this moon bathing shot. That was totally his idea. Um, and back to Joey, Joey and I work well together because he comes up with this crazy idea. And then how I execute it usually isn't a hundred percent what he had in his mind, but he
0: usually ends up liking it more. So how's that? No, that's good. I mean, I guess it stands to reason that, you know, each each band, the, the approach is gonna change. Um, how how much, do you have situations where the label has input to this in any, in any way, or, or is this uh, something that you and the band are able to conceive and then it becomes part of the, you know, the, the cycle?
1: Sometimes the label will give me direction especially if it's more of a crossover artist, for example, I do a lot of shoots for Metal Blade Records. They have an artist that isn't so metal. They might say, hey, try and push them a little bit more in the direction of looking a little bit more metal. Or if like a band is known for always wearing their own band t-shirts and the label would be like, try and get them not to wear the same t-shirts or, you know, can you make the fat guy not look so fat? I mean, it's usually pretty minor coming from the label. It's more of the artist. And then, you know, I always want to make them look the best they can. Um, the collaborative, the typo negative photo was just reminding me, like one of my more recent shoots was a band called Witherfall and it's probably two or three past this, but they were huge typo negative fans. And the singer came to me and said, I'm kind of thinking of like an October rust photo shoot. And, um, all these photos make me laugh because I couldn't think of everyone. But we'll go back. anyways, we'll they, were, go back. they were thinking, you know, October rust, typo negative. I mean, that record's got to be 20 plus years old at this point. Uh, but their record was Autumn's Curse. So they wanted it more like autumn colors instead of like the green and stuff like that. So it was a very high contrast photo shoot. But it was also 106 and in the middle of summer. So I went to get the leaves and stuff. I went to a craft store. I bought fake foil foliage yeah. uh fake fake leaves and then we lit them with like orange and red lights and made them kind of look um you know like a an autumn kind of vibe and i don't know if anybody would put two and two together was that the last photo uh that it was sorry i'm still building my website so to direct you on it i'm i'm a little no, that's, that's,
0: no sweat we'll 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 move around <laughs>
1: that's an armored saint photo shoot that joey had the idea for where he wanted the table to glow and i actually built that table with a light underneath it to make it glow from underneath
0: I, I, so, the reason i stopped here is because this was clearly an idea uh, you didn't arrive and and just shoot because there was a glowing table
1: absolutely that this again was was joey vera wanting a very like mad max old western kind of vibe lots of the extras in the background we're all friends uh spouses and stuff like that you know the table like I said I built and uh but you know then you have somebody like Dee Snyder. he's like just take just take a couple cool photos of me I just need something real quick for my new record and I was like well I love the glasses let's you know let's reflect those hands and those glasses and that's I think the header for his website not yeah, yet,
0: that's right? a great image. Like it, you, you kind of stare at it for a minute and, and new little things pop out to you. I mean, I was stepping on a step stool and I noticed you could see I had like a skull t-shirt on or something,
1: and I could see my shirt in his glasses. And I was like, oh, we need to reflect something else other than me in those glasses to yeah. kind of give yeah. that dimension.
0: Well, I mean, he uh he's such a character. Like you do you don't you can just take a picture like this and it's it says everything about D you need it to say. But I love the detail. I love the fact that you've got um, you may you notice this and uh, you get to see these reflections. It's cool. Um, I mean,
1: a lot of photographers, they capture what they see, you know, like shooting live, you capture what you see. The other aspect, especially with session work, is you have to create something that's not seen. For example, this photo of Dave Grohl, Corey Taylor and Scott Ian was backstage. Um, at the Dime Bash charity event that they do every Nam show usually. And Dave roll was doing his barbecue. And God, I, I, I think this was for Kerrang. And basically it was just like, I set up a blue light behind Dave because I wanted some depth. I just didn't want it to be a black background. But at the same time, I didn't want to distract from the three characters up front. Yeah. And I wanted to light the meat and everything. So like on location, but still trying to do a session. So kind of create something that, you know, somebody with a point and shoot isn't going to get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As a side note, it's, bec- it's um, become interesting to me to find out how many rock and metal um, musicians are such avid grillers. <laughs> oh,
1: he, I think he cares more about grilling than anything else. Guitar, drums, music, like that's definitely his passion.
0: Yeah. I had the same conversation with John Petrucci. He's like a a huge griller now. Um, So Chris Broderick, (laughs) this is a great image.
1: So this was Guitar World. So Guitar World, for a long time, Jeff Kitts was the managing editor of Guitar World and I had a really good relationship with him. And I was like, hey, you haven't done anything on Chris Broderick and he has a new record coming out. And he's like, well, can you get me a shoot like within the next week? Absolutely and I'm like well what do you do you have any ideas and he's like I'm thinking fire would be good I'm like I will make it happen so this is actually my sister's backyard my oh, sister wow. lives in the country and her husband is a firefighter fire captain actually and we put gasoline on the ground and lit her backyard on fire we had the neighbors calling going hey do you know your pasture is on fire and at one point I probably shouldn't tell this since he is a firefighter, but I'm gonna spill the beans. The gas can lit on fire oh, no. and he would just blow it out. And it just, he he swung the gas can and just flung flames on Chris's guitar or towards Chris's guitars, towards my camera gear. He's like, I put out fires. I'm
0: like, ah. Wow. this <laughs> is, The image just came out great. That's all, that's a metal story. Oh, absolutely. You guys we're, we're like, doing, oh my gosh. Lighting stuff on fire, almost creating incendiary bombs. <laughs> yes, we had we had fire
1: extinguishers and hoses out there, but for a second there, we were all a little nervous.
0: Yeah, that's the risk, man. That's. Uh... Now, this. And, is, I love these guys. This is a band that I don't think gets nearly as much attention as they deserve uh, this. And this is a very like the. this is a composed image. Yeah. Or did you have this absolutely. idea or did they come? So this was both of our ideas, I would say they had
1: an album cover that had a guy with a gas mask and a cowboy hat. And for a promo photo, I'm like, well, do you guys want to kind of recreate that photo? So I, you know, brought in the magenta lights and the orange lights and and lit them kind of in a similar way to what I knew their album cover was going to be. And I'm kind of known for not doing a lot of photoshopping like i'll touch up somebody's zits or you know make somebody a little thinner or something like that but i don't do a lot of processing on most of my shots yeah. so yeah. i put in the star background but other than that i try and do everything in the camera and that was the only image i, I gave it to them as an example and said what do you guys think and they're like that's great that's our promo photo so i only had to do it the one time oh, um, but it's, yeah very much conceived photo by on their part it's I really think they, cool though um, dame brought the gas mask like they had all the props they brought the hats from like the dollar store or something
0: yeah but it, uh, even the way you've lit it is so that we see the tips of the the, the front the brim we're seeing the the, the the these circles you know i mean there's just a lot of um you know I, I, and I don't know how much of that is intuitive and how much like you're actually trying to make sure you see that in the camera but uh it it, it creates an image that i think is really visually interesting
1: So I would say a lot of that too is, is trial and error. Like I can set up the lights how I think it's going to work. And then I'll do a test shot. And I'm like, Oh, which, which is definitely a skill like on the fly with artists watching you, you got to be able to turn the dials on the lights, you know, turn them up or turn them down, move the lights and add the gels and make it look great. And I just got done saying, I don't do a lot of Photoshopping and here's another Photoshop photo. Um, But this is just kind of an overlaid filter. Um, Anders from Inflames uh really liked he kept telling me the vintage look and i kept thinking he meant like 1800s photography like sepia tone and then it came back he really wanted like 70s he was thinking 70s was like vintage photos so i kind of just put like a, a a 70s filter over it and they love that this was just like a quick photo in uh new york dressing room that they wanted to do a new photo with the uh
0: the new lineup no i um i'm glad i'm actually glad we're looking and talking about this because i show i think it just shows another um another tool in your in your tool belt as far as being able to create cool images right like
1: you know galactic cowboys totally set up in flames just a quick you know no lighting just them in the dressing room and then after effects whereas zach wilde i did this for um this was for metal hammer who i I should plug them. I'm like, I, I primarily shoot for metal hammer and their yeah. sister publications. So they're my, my main bread and butter. Of course I shoot for whoever wants to hire me, but this was a metal hammer shoot. They sent me to Zach Wilde's house, which is crazy in itself and impossible to find. And there's no cell service and no GPS that goes to his house, but I finally found it. And he had some ideas And we went to his places and his ideas. And this was like the very last, like five minutes of the shoot. I'm like, hey, can we really just like take a couple on the top of your mountaintop? The sun is behind his head. So it's lighting up his hair. And I had just like one softbox in front of him to light him up. So he wasn't a silhouette. I like the way the clouds look. And he's such a big presence that I really like the way that this photo came out. And then come to find out all the photos that he sort of directed looked exactly like his his previous shoot for his album art, so I was like, "Well, at least I got something different by kind of steering him in in my direction for a couple of shots."
0: No, this is I love this. I mean, even the way that you you captured all the clouds behind him, um, you know, it, it, it sort of centralizes him in uh, in the picture. That's a great image. And by the way, um, I don't know if these are veins. I believe those are veins. He has that very Thor-like, you know, he holding does.
1: his guitar like, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's literally uh, looks like he's wielding an axe. Thor's hammer. Yeah, yeah. Or his hammer. Yeah, that's exactly right. We looked at this one. Tell me, I'm going to fast forward. We go for it. We, um, actually, it's switching on us. Well, there was okay, a here fact. we are. Now I'm going forward. Um, One of my favorite shoots, Alice Cooper. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are those stilettos? What's, what's he holding?
1: The throwing knives. So again, this was another metal hammer feature. They used to do a, a piece called the houses of the unholy, which is uh, musicians and their other hobbies. So uh, for example, Alice Cooper would warm up for a show by throwing knives at a target So we got him backstage throwing knives, and then he posed for right before he went on stage because he was makeup ready. So I think I was able to get off six shots before he went out on stage. So it was like management's like, you better be ready because you're not going to have a lot of time. So I had the writer for Metal Hammer stand in, took a bunch of photos of him. I had it exactly how I wanted this was the type of negative shot I was talking about. So I had him exactly like I wanted So literally, he came in, it was bang, bang, bang. And then they're like, okay, you're done. So luckily I got, I got the shot.
0: You know, the other thing that's occurring to me is I hear you tell all this backstory is you're getting this window into, um, into, into this world, um, that probably isn't widely reported or known. I, I had, I, I feel like I know Alice Cooper pretty well, but I never knew he threw, throwing knives to, to like work himself up for a show. Right? <laughs> exactly. How cool. Uh, there's Chris Cornell. He's from my neck of the woods. That was a Yahoo shoot. Uh, most definitely. And
1: we were actually backed by like a garbage dumpster and, uh, this was still on slide film. So what I did with this is I, uh, I had like a, just like a flash on the camera with a cable, so I kind of, you know, generic kind of studio lighting, but that way I could blow out the background. And I wanted this kind of high contrast image on him. Yeah. And it definitely yeah. works on him. I've had other artists tell me, can you make me look like Chris Cornell? Mom, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. He has some natural genes that worked in his favor. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Here's this image you were telling us about. That
1: what? was the Witherfall yeah. image where, yeah, they definitely, the, the singer Joseph uh, wanted to have that typo negative feel without being a total ripoff, but yes. I was a huge typo negative fan. And so I knew exactly what he meant. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, the first time I heard those guys, they were opening for Queensryche at the Gorge, which is a big venue here, in Western, uh, Western Washington, Eastern Washington, um, blown away by those guys. Typo yeah,
1: negative open for
0: Queensryche? Yeah yeah wow, was that mid, would uh, there's this there's this venue in sort of mid, mid to Eastern Washington that, that they call it the Gorge that you look as you look at the stage just behind it is this huge it's like not as, as, as at scale with the Grand Canyon, but it gives you that feeling and um, they do these concerts in the summer when the weather's good and that's where, I didn't even know who typo negative was when I saw them open for Queens It's a big deal. They're really good. That's awesome. Oh man, Michael (laughs) Shanker.
1: So I had these two together because I kind of both gave them gave them that like cross-process treatment. Um Michael Shanker, legend a little on the older side of some of the musicians I shoot. Sure. So yeah. I wanted to, you know, give it a little bit of a treatment just to hide any, you know, little blemishes that might show. Sure. Um, but it works, it works really well with clouds. So sacred Reich, um, this was, this was the last shoot I did with Jason Rainey before he passed away. Um, and then Michael in, and he got the cool clouds behind them. And then with uh Michael Shanker. Yeah. I get the call. Like, um, would you be interested in shooting this artist? His name is Michael Shanker. He's known for, and I'm like, you can stop right there. I know who Michael Shanker is. <laughs> that's
0: that's the kind of photographer you want. Um, right. There's a lot of good photographers, but you want someone both with the ability, but I think having the working knowledge of the genre has to be just a huge, huge plus for any any band that wants to have you work with them.
1: and i'm pretty sure the person started saying like he was in the scorpions i was like like 40 years ago like come on
0: <laughs> that's someone who doesn't know but they're re- like reading the bio information. right or
1: wikipedia yeah yeah, exactly. yeah yeah that's so funny so this was another metal hammer shoot uh five finger death punch this was in the uh, milwaukee what's that place called the rave i think the rave um, Eagles ballroom. I think it's both names. It's like a big building, but there's an underground swimming pool. And even though you can't really see the swimming pool, I know it's there. So I had all my portable lighting. So I had like a red gel, um, like behind them and up on the ceiling to kind of give a little bit of depth. And I had a pretty wide angle lens. So when they're looking into the camera, it gives you that kind of, you know, distorted look, but, uh, I always loved this shot. And it was, again, it was, I probably had 10 minutes with the band before they were getting ready to go on stage. Yeah.
0: Is it, uh, is it often like that where we're like, it's, they're scheduled so tightly that you have to slip in or is that rare? So I would say it depends on what it's for. If, if it's a magazine feature, a lot of times
1: the artist has, Hey, you can, you know, writer can get a half an hour with the band at soundcheck photographer gets 10 minutes before they go on stage so they all look nice if it's a session for the band like the typo negative shoot was for them i have as long as they'll give me and you know or for witherfall or for armored saint or sacred reich even michael shanker that was all for them so i have or devil driver so i the time is kind of unlimited to whatever they want to give you if it's for them
0: yeah
1: that makes sense
0: yeah it does make sense is this actual water falling down?
1: It is. This is a band called the Mendenhall experiment. And they actually did a documentary on the guy on the right uh, is Brandon Mendenhall and he has cerebral palsy. So they did a whole documentary on how he's trying to rehabilitate his hand oh, by wow. playing guitar. And he does a lot of like barcodes and, and loves corn and they were on mayhem fest, but they wanted to do a new photo shoot because they got a new singer and we did a whole day photo shoot because again, it's their time. I'm like, Hey, you know, it's like, I'm on your dime. We're, we're booking the whole day. Let's, let's do this shoot. And the studio we were at actually had a rain room. This room is normally used for girls in bikinis on, you know, hot rods and see-through tops. It's, it's very like sexist, but I was like, you know, it's kind of cool. Like guys with long hair, they like swing their hair in the water yeah. And uh, so I'm like, let's last shot of the night. It was probably 10 or 11 o'clock at night when we did this and they all got drenched and had to go home. And, and I think the singer's hair was wet for three days. And, uh, you know, they all had wet shoes and that kind of thing. But I, I loved it. I just, the, li- I lit it from behind so that, and a super fast shutter speed, which captures the motion of the water droplets. Like, I just
0: liked the way it looked. So here's a, it leads me to a question. You, you, you touched on something there, the, the idea of taboo um, a little bit. Uh, there's certainly history with metal of imagery that sort of pushes people's um, buttons, um, violates expectations. Have you done work where, um, you know, the, either the artist was asking or you had an idea for something that was going to be provocative and maybe even controversial? Or do you steer clear of that? Uh, I would say I'm the type of person that I'm really hard to offend.
1: And if an artist wants to do something, I'm, I'm totally down for it. You know, rarely is it sexual because what guy wants to be half naked? 90% of the metal bands are guys and me being a female photographer, that would be weird. Um, So, I mean, but they're like, I did a shoot with Chris Barnes, formerly of cannibal corpse, where he just wanted to be covered in blood. So we were actually at the Metal Blade offices. We, we went to the executive bathroom shower, which was covered in marble tile, which neither one of us really knew at the time that it was like expensive marble and we just had fake blood all over him. And they used it for ads. They used it for all sorts of stuff for his six feet under record. And we love those photos. And you know, some people thought it was a little gory and stuff, but I mean, it was stage blood. It was no big deal. Um, the worst part is me and him afterwards with like toothbrushes in the grout, trying to clean all the blood out of the uh, Metal Blade office bathrooms. <laughs> I got, got a little bit of trouble for it. Not too bad, but a little bit. <laughs> These are just so good, Stephanie. My boys. Thank you. I love Death Angel. So this is another like friend, family, like when I was... And they're not much older than I am. But when I was a teenager, like in high school, Death Angel was like my favorite band. So as I got older and I got to meet them, I was like, hey, I want to shoot you. I want to do this. And you know, I'll get you up on Yahoo. And I would just try and do as much as I could with them. And so then Rob hired me for the last couple of, of session photo shoots. And this was actually at um, we the brewery that makes the Death Angel beer was kind enough to let us use their facility to do photos. So we have a lot of photos inside. The problem was, is that it was winter and that black sky was actually that black. It was rainy. It was horrible weather. And so we couldn't really go on location anywhere. We had done shoots in the past, like by the the San Francisco Bay Bridge and stuff like that with lights in the background that was beautiful. For this, we literally, they had a garage door that we opened up. And I have my lights set right inside the rain. And as soon as it stopped raining for like five minutes, we pushed everything outside. We're three feet outside of the door and shot against that sky. Because I love a sky photo. When, when you light the subject and have the sky in the background, it's some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. I mean, Russ, Russ Halfing used to do a lot of that stuff. And as a kid, I always just thought, the the look is so cool because it's something you can't do with an iPhone. You can't do, you know, with a point and shoot camera, you really have to have like some studio lights to be able to kind of get
0: this effect. Yeah. So yeah. here's a, love it. as you're talking, it's it's uh, the question comes to mind how much of how you think about capturing uh, a band, particularly, I guess when it's session work or maybe even for a feature, um, is is informed by what you know about the music itself or or are are those independent things that don't have to be co-considered i usually try and do my
1: research so i would say it's definitely considered like you know i can take photos of you know uh a female or like, let's say four from Nightwish. I did a session with her a long time ago when she was in After Forever. And, you know, it's more soft, it's more pretty. Um, A band like Black Veil Brides, you know, it's going to be a little bit more cartoony than say like Nurgle from Behemoth, you know, like he might be a goofball offstage, but when he's in makeup and wants to, you know, present himself, he wants to be black metal. Yeah. So yeah. I, I definitely try and consider the music, but and and again, I will also ask. Like I asked, um, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. The singer of Killswitch Engage, which um, one? Howard? Not Howard. Uh, 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 Jesse. Kurt, Jesse, thank you. Oh my gosh, uh, my memory <laughs> is horrible. The old so mine. I so left out. <laughs> I was I was telling everybody. You know, sometimes I'm just like, okay, now give me. You know, they they a lot of rock guys. Just make me look cool. Yeah. you know so i was like jesse give me like an evil face and he's like no i can give you a mean face but i can't be evil i'm not an evil person i'm like okay so sometimes <laughs> i just have to change what i say but I, was, I thought that was pretty interesting he's like no i won't do evil yeah okay
0: <laughs> yeah it's interesting like I, this is not 100 percent related but like he and howard are good friends and they're they both live a real clean lifestyle but the oftentimes the music stylings don't necessarily reflect the person you know that, that lives outside the music so right. it's interesting that's an interesting um um behind the scenes look at you know because a lot of those, that music is really aggressive so i can see where you might say like let's try and capture some of that right yeah yeah uh Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I like, I see, I'm glad you're asking me about specific photos because I feel like I have a story with every photo. You do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so the dancing photo was backstage at the e, uh, Danzig Fest. It was a John Reese festival, and they had a lot of like circus performers and stuff like that. And I think I was approved to shoot Glenn. I got like five minutes with him backstage this is during the day but again it's it's you can set your camera so it basically underexposes the background so it looks like night and you can see the reflection in his glasses of a little um softbox portable lighting that i had brought out battery packs and everything yeah. and we've got an audience of probably 30 people backstage all watching us so at the same time i've got a direct glenn i've got to light him flattering you know and make sure that he likes it and he Went over my shoulder and went, okay, I like that shot. Now delete everything else. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yes. I want to see you delete everything else. Those are not approved. Okay. okay. You know, it's whatever the artist wants. Sure. You know, sure. so uh, I was approved. That was a shot for for Metal Hammer. The shot on the left, Suicide Silence, who I love those guys. I see them around at shows all the time. They're friends with the Death Angel guys. So I, I met them at a Death Angel show to begin with. Um, So I was really happy that that we got to work together. They had this idea. And it was, they had a band in mind that they love this photo of this band. And they're like, we want to recreate it and see if anybody notices. Uh And to my knowledge, no one has ever like, figured out that they were basically this is a parody photo. Oh, wow. And I even put it side by side with the original photo. And they went on tour with this band yeah. that they were parodying the photo, and they used this photo, and still nobody picked up on it. So it was kind of like an inside joke between with me and the band that knowing that they were parroting a semi-famous photo that they grew up liking.
0: So here, um, based on that that last um, st- backstory you told us, it makes me wonder. Uh, and I don't want to overgeneralize, but do you it, it, do you find with a lot of the rock and metal artists um, that they're less concerned with sort of um, managing the the image, and they're a little bit more carefree, or it is in most cases they really do want to um, have certainty around what they what how they're being depicted? It's case by case. Some people don't care. And other people are very
1: particular. Usually it's the younger and the better looking the artists, the less they care. Yeah, <laughs> That's a good generalization. I did a shoot with Mike Portnoy's son's band, Max. The band is called Tala. Tala, yeah. And they're all young kids. They, I gave them all the photos and they didn't even have me touch up one single thing. And not, that almost never happens. I was like, oh, I love shooting 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you shoot artists in their 60s and they're like, oh, can you get rid of the crow's feet? And can you, you know, and it's stuff you didn't have to do 25 years ago before
0: Photoshop, you know, made everybody look like a Barbie doll. Let me ask you do you think um, the fans of, it, I don't want to overgeneralize in this way, but I, my instinct is that a lot of the groups that are older, they have an established audience. It's not necessarily going to be that they're out there really desperately trying to grow their audience um and it it, that may not be a true statement but to the degree that it's true do you think that the hyper focus on a crow's feet or making sure they don't look 10 pounds bigger than they are is um you know unnecessary because the the fan base I, i think about it for myself and yeah, I know that if I go to a Motley Crue concert, Vince Neil's not going to look like he did when he was playing the whiskey, but I really don't care. I just want to see the band and have a good time. So, I, I, I'm, I'm, Do you think the fans that are viewing these photos for these older bands, do you think that if it were not touched up, they would give a damn? probably
1: not but it's it, i think it's one of those things when everybody else is being so touched up that yeah. if you're not touched up then you look way worse in comparison and regardless if you're in a band or not everybody wants to get a picture and go
0: ooh i look, look good. good yeah that's you know that's no good. one wants to go uh you know so it's a really I, interesting thing to me because i i i've been thinking a lot about fandom lately and when i become a fan of a of a band. It'll be true that I like some albums or some tracks more or less than others, but I don't ever like fall out of love with the band on that basis. I usually fall in love with them as artists and follow them. And to that end, like my favorite group is Dream Theater. And I've seen some really funny memes on some of the guys now that they're older. And it went from, uh, you know, the full, full hair to like, you know, now some, the what they call it the the skullet. <laughs> I was gonna say Devin Townsend worship the skullet. Right, right. It, um, but the thing is, is whenever I look at those guys, I actually don't see how much hair or not hair or how big or I don't see any of that. I just see the artist that I love, and it's usually in concert with the fact that there's new music or something. Am I uh, would I be considered atypical? I would agree experience. with you. No
1: one's no one's going to to think it's and and I fall into that same category. I, I'll see a great picture, and then the artist will be like, "Ooh, but I look bad," and I'm like, "I think you look great." Yeah. But yeah. everybody sees themselves in a different experience. kind of mirror you know yeah. it's, even right now i keep looking at myself i was like oh look at that gray oh you, <laughs> you look know? great
0: you look great right.
1: but you know everybody does that no matter what you do yeah. you know yeah. uh, do i look fat and everybody's got their own insecurities you know uh females don't want to look heavy whereas like dino on the right you got fear factor dino Cazares. he's like i don't care if people call me fat i know what size i am you <laughs> know <laughs> So he has no problem with the way he looks, but then you have other people that are like, Ew, and they're borderline, like, you know, maybe five pounds overweight or they have bad acne skin or whatever. That's please fix it. You know, it's just, I think it's an insecurity more than wanting to be a yeah. maniac.
0: Would you, would you, um, I don't want to drift into some anything too political, but, um, would, <laughs> would you, do you think that, that, um, there's still a degree to which female rock and metal artists they're they're oversexualized or there's an expectation there that's unfair absolutely okay. come on <laughs> i just i don't want to i don't want to make assumptions about anything um i'd like to think that that's not true but you're working on the front lines with these people as they're managing their image so you're a good person to ask
1: i mean name a female metal musician that her looks aren't commented on You know, they're either hot or they're gross. There's nothing in between, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I won't name names because that would be indiscreet, but there are, I can think of some, some female vocalists in rock and metal who are, um, they're not 20 somethings. And so you could make a very uh, blatant sort of callous comment about relative beauty, but the I, I, for me, and maybe this is just me, and I don't I don't hold this up as being a, a virtue, and, uh, and placing me different than other people in terms of how I regard musicians. But I see that these women that I'm seeing in my head, in the same way I see John Petrucci or any of those guys, I when I see them at whatever stage of life and whatever poundage or you know whatever they're wearing, I see that I see the musician, and so I just stipulates to all of the other stuff being um, unimportant. Well that's very big of you.
1: My view is and I'm I'm very cynical. My view is when I when I was young there was pretty much two metal females and it was Doro and it was Lita Ford and it yeah. was always who's hotter, you know? Oh, okay. And 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 now you have a variety but even if you look at a band like say Heart, you know, Ann Wilson, how many times does she have to hear how fat she is? Doesn't matter how incredible her voice is. Yeah. She's always going to hear she's fat,
0: right? Um we got to change I that. I, I like. I don't. want really, I, I hate to get on a soapbox here, but I I trained with the same vocal trainer that Ann trained with, and um, so I I grew up sort of just absolutely in adoration of her gift as a as a singer. I could give a damn about the rest of it, um, uh, and, and but and having that said, ha, that's true. And having said that, I get it. You know, and and bands have image, and it's cool to look cool, um and, and do all of those things. But that ought to be part of the, the fun for us that, that as someone like you can capture someone looking cool or doing something interesting or artistic or crazy um, without there needing to be cynicism about it. Um, I'm sa- It saddens me to hear that that's as big a thing as it sounds like it still is. I mean, maybe I'm jaded, but I would definitely think, I mean, the majority
1: of the females I can think of are fairly attractive and they put that forward. I mean, Use what you got, right? Yeah. I mean, Pete Steele, typo negative. He was on the cover of play, play, Playboy, Playgirl, Playgirl because he worked out and he was six six and he was like you know male specimen in the same way that you know Revolver always did the hottest chicks in metal, yeah. which sounds disgusting, but I'm sure it was their biggest selling you know issue because ninety five percent of the metal audience is horny teenage boys, you know, <laughs> so, so, you know, of course, are you, are you going to have, you know, a, a female who is attractive, not present herself in an attractive way?
0: Yeah. No, you yeah. Look you got. I, I guess maybe, maybe I didn't say it well enough. Maybe, maybe no. what I'm thinking is that um, part of what makes these women and these guys who are doing this sexy is um, not all about the looks. Like part of what I, I and I've heard some women say this part of what attracts some women to uh, some of the the artists isn't like how attractive they are because let's be honest there's plenty of metal guys who are not they don't resemble like platonic pulchritude. <laughs> uh, uh, but what attracts them is the talent and the and the artistry and that sort of thing for me the the same holds true as I as I regard women that are in metal so uh, you know. Um, Sometimes that's the first thing I see, and uh, but I but I'm my my deeper question or maybe my shallower question is, is it okay? Do we is it like it's rock and roll? It's metal. Part of it is about appearance and image. Is it okay that that some of this be sexy for sexy sake? I say use what you got. Yeah. So if you have you know a hot
1: alt rock female in in the front end of your band, use her. You know if you're. Metro girly looking black male brides and use it. I mean, like you know, if you're just talented or if you've got great biceps,
0: use, use them. You know, yeah. <laughs> whatever, guess, whatever puts the best foot forward. I guess anything that that um, anything that can potentially give someone a reason to listen to your music. You know, if, if the argument is is that ultimately these folks. Like, I remember listening to Bobby Dahl say one time, like, we never wanted to be musicians. We just want to be rock stars. Right. Um, and so there's that thing. There's there's some people who they just want to, and that's fine. That's a that's a thing. But I think if you ask many of these folks that we've talked about and seen pictures of, they're musicians. They, they want to make music that people are going to care about. And so anything that you would do that might incentivize them to take a listen, you should do that, right? Because then hopefully they'll... Right. Fall in love with... I remember the first time I heard the name Skid Row. Um, I thought, that's the stupidest name for a band on the planet. Like, no one's going to want to listen to that. And then I heard the first cut, and I was like, holy cow, right? And now I don't think about the name as being this sort of weird, um, back alley, grimy place. I think about the really cool music that Skid Row makes. So right. I think you're right. I think you um, you use what you can uh, and then your part of your role is to help, you know, bring that forward, give people a um, a visual that that can bring them in to the music. Because you're probably very often like the tip of the spear, you know, especially with new bands. I would
1: say, I mean, a lot of people judge a book by a cover. So if they're glancing through a magazine and they're like, oh, that band looks kind of cool, you know, oh, what's that? You know, "I I, I want to check that out. Absolutely. Or you know, you can instantly look at a band and say, oh, they're death metal or they're black metal or, you know, obviously John Five is a guitar player because he's got the, you
0: know, lava lamp guitar right there. Yeah. Well, I remember, like I'm I'm old enough to remember when the central way that we got images from folks like you was in magazines. And um, so we'd rush to to get the newest so that we could kind of look. And, and a lot of it was performance shots. And I loved those. I loved nothing right. better than to see, Jeff Tate caught mid scream and to see what he looked like as he was giving everything to that, that note, you know, I, and I'm not the only person like that. Um, So what, I mean, what you do is so important to, um, to not just the artists that you're covering, but to the people, to the fans. Um, It is the thing that's like, it it is, um, it's not the it's not the music itself, but it is, uh, I think an integral way that people are, um, participating and responding with the group, um, I don't think I'm unique in this regard. Um, I see Jeff Bridges here, which is super. Cool.
1: You know what's funny? You say that about the photos, and as a as a kid, a teen, I, my walls in my bedroom were plastered plastered with 80s metal bands, and I was actually the exact opposite. I had lots of live photos and lots of session photos, but what I really liked about the session photos is that connection. You have the artist looking into the camera, uh, yeah. and it was that. It was that connection. Whereas a live photo, I felt like one of many that was looking upon this person oh, on stage. Whereas a session shot, I felt like they were looking at me. So yeah. I think that it still holds true. Like if I can get an artist on stage to look at me,
0: then it's that picture goes up tenfold, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that because I see exactly what you mean. But I think that's the beauty of like the various ways that you shoot. Um, we haven't really looked very much at your... Fact. We should just go down. Is there anything specific you want us to look at? Oh, I don't uh, know.
1: They're like kids. I love them all. I talked about
0: Lady Gaga. You know, I put Tim McGraw McGraw in
1: there just because you got to have some other people. And I like House and Lori was cool. And let's go down to some of your
0: live stuff here. There you go. One's looking right at you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I was I was doing a shoot with Black Veil Brides. I've done. I did. For a while their metal hammer was doing a lot of stuff with black veil brides i had a, a wide angle lens and they're one of those bands like kiss or motley crew that will pose for you he came yeah. to the edge of the stage i had the smoke going off and i had like a super fisheye lens actually i had two cameras on so i pulled up the fisheye and he posed for me so yeah you know it was great what else
0: that? oh that's a great one
1: and of course you know access it, i've done a few like Photography seminars for for people, and what I always say is access is key. If you have access, you better use it. So getting up on the drum riser, like the last one was a hailstorm, I think at the Revolver revol- Golden Gods. This was a Machine Head show, and I'm actually up on like a five foot platform, not this one, but this one. Um, and Dave McLean was like, "Just don't fall off." I'm like standing on like a little six inch piece of his drum riser like hoping not to fall but i wanted to make sure i got rob in the front ground and the crowd as well drummer shots are always hard unless you get access
0: no, that's a, that's a, and i love the color of that thank you do you, so, you um, know i do, always try and ask do you um would it be overthinking to say or that as you know usually a light show um are set in scenes and so there's certain uh, color configurations and placement, uh, you know, that, that the, the LD will have. Do you, be, am I overthinking that you would like come to know what some of those are in order for you to capture an image when you know it's going to be lit up all gold like this? No, that's, that's absolutely true. Like a lot of bands, LD has like a
1: rhythm well, they'll, you know, red, 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 and then they'll do yellow, 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 and then blue, red, you know? And so you can kind of like, in the same way the beaded music pick up when they're going to flash that certain light. And, you know, getting a drummer shot, a lot of times it's really dark, but where they're at, you know, so you kind of time it, or, you know, when the singer's going to take a jump, you can kind of feel like yeah. bump, bump, and then, you know, he's going to jump. Um, I do a lot of like I love my my 16 millimeter like fisheye lens so Robert Trujillo on the left I think his head's cut off a little bit but um,
0: oh that's me I can fix that
1: oh that's all right but then like the one of Iggy Pop on the right like was always one of my favorite shots I mean my camera is pretty much it is crotch which is gross (laughs) but the fan reaching over my head to try and touch Iggy is what made that shot like one of my favorites yeah
0: Yeah. Well, you know, this, and uh, this just pops into my head. Is there an artist or a band you've not had the chance to work with that you really want to? Ooh. Um, I mean, I could always work again. It's hard to (laughs) imagine uh, like, um, i mean i've
1: pretty much between live and session i've pretty much shot every band i've ever loved or wanted to shoot that i could think of unless of course you know somebody's passed away or something um i would more sessions you know i would love to do a full-on session with metallica i've never done that i've done robert trujillo i've done some stuff with kirk hammett but not the whole band together
0: yeah these are all really great. Oh, thanks.
1: So trying to put some variety in there. I worked with Jeff Beck for a while and his manager pulled some of my shots for an ad. And then, you know, Jeff Hanneman, it's always was great to, to shoot. Uh, I had to pull out some older photos just to show how long I've been doing it. So this was an Aerosmith photo. Yeah. At Blackbuster Pavilion, probably early 90s. Oh, check
0: that out. That's a great shot.
1: And again, if you get the artist to look at you, you know, that's, that always works. I have a shot, I think in there too, of Ozzy where I was the only approved photographer. I had to get all my shots approved by management and PR team, but he basically saw I was the only photographer out there and he gave me the like winky face and thumb up. And I was like, Ozzy gave me a thumbs up.
0: Yeah. You, these are all so good.
1: Oh, my, thank you folks who are, you
0: listen to this podcast this isn't gonna do it justice you need to watch the replay of this that we'll put out on youtube and other places because it's such a visual medium um to to i think to get the the full effect of the things we're discussing here but um yeah we're going through her live stuff
1: it's hard to talk about photography without uh actually seeing the photos yeah
0: it's so central Oh, wow, I mean,
1: like for example, King Diamond looks like he's looking right at me, but this was at the Wilton in Los Angeles, it's probably 3,000 people, and I was far from him, yeah, so it just yeah. happened his eyes were in my direction, and it looks like he's staring at me. So sometimes you get lucky, and again, you know, I like that connection,
0: yeah, That's so great.
1: Always try and shoot the drummer, <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I have a thing with drummers, all of my worst scarring as a musician are a consequence of drummers
1: <laughs> i think there was even a band that did a song like no one ever photographs the drummer so i mean <laughs> I, I always tell people like get the drummer because that's the one shot that no one ever gets yeah. so i always try and you know if i have decent access at a show i always ask if i can go behind the kit even if it's just for one song to get yeah. a
0: couple of shots of them yeah this is a great shot of ozzy why thank you yeah that's that's quintessential ozzy right there I think that's black sabbath
1: but you know yeah
0: yeah yeah oh what a oh. fun shot so this one was uh,
1: nobody can see but uh chino from the Tones, he basically jumped off the stage and stood on the barricade and came into the crowd or over leaned over the crowd to sing at the time when he did this i was way up by the soundboard so I was shooting for, this was Aftershock, I was actually shooting for Aftershock Festival, and as soon as I saw Chino jump off the stage, I go running as fast as I can. It was probably 50 yards to try and get this shot, because I, I had an all-access pass, I was allowed to shoot it, but you know, it's how long is he going to be there for? Is it going to be five seconds, two seconds, 10 seconds? So I was able to like jump up and be right next to him and get like the whole crowd and him. And, and this was, I think, used in like a a newspaper, used it for uh, a cover, like a mag. It was like an entertainment magazine, used it as a cover for the Aftershock show.
0: It's cool. The lines, because you're kind of at an angle, the, the crowd, enthusiasm, his expression. That's just, that's a great but, shot you know what he said about the shot? What's that? You made me look fat. Ah, uh, see, I don't even see that.
1: Right. And that was the first thing he said. Oh, I look fat in that shot.
0: It's, it's interesting what the eye will see, isn't it? Uh, right. Uh, of course. Uh, depending on who it is and what they care about. Oh, that's a great, that's a great uh, I just, I just love this shot of
1: head like the way yeah. the light was coming. It's got that like sunset vibe and just the, like the rim light around his head. Yeah. Um, the blue just, on
0: the one side and the sort of deep uh, purple and russet. That's a really cool yep. shot.
1: And that was actually at a sound check. Oh, but is that right? That's why I'm, I'm so tied in because he wasn't wearing any, like, his stage clothes. So I was just kind of doing head and shoulder shots
0: and I just loved it. Wow, that's a great shot. Thank you. I mean, gosh, people who are only hearing this, they need to go to your so, website. We'll include a link to your website so that people can come Oh, thank see. you. Are you I mean, you my instinct is that in the in the sort of stratification of, of rock and metal photographers, which that'd be a concomitant price, you're going to be up there. But having said that, if someone has the budget or whatever, are you available for for anybody or are you kind of booked out with labels and magazines who have you on assignment all the time?
1: So it used to be I would tell like unsigned bands like, hey, you know, I appreciate your interest, but I feel too guilty charging uh, an unsigned band, you know, a normal fair, you know, photography Mm. rate. So I always preferred to go through labels to have them pay or magazines to have them pay. But as of late. Um uh, labels kind of reverse it. So they give a band the budget to record the record, do their photos and do everything. So now it's bands hire me. So no, I'm, I'm
0: pretty much op- available to whoever wants to hire me. How's that? No, that's good. And so we'll, um, you need to do some work on your website. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but, um, we'll point people. Is this the best place for us to point people? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram and on, okay, uh, okay on
1: Facebook, you know, but, uh, definitely, um, my, my email is up on my website or you can contact me through Facebook or Instagram. And I always respond.
0: So, um, I I'm over time, uh, with you more Sorry. than I told you. No, no, I told you I'm uh, a chatterbox. <laughs> no, I told you an hour. So I feel like I've, I'm holding you hostage. Uh, maybe, maybe if you're open to it, because there's so much imagery and this is, uh, this is going to sound Lame of me, but this is delightful to me to look at 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 imagery. I I genuinely one of the first things I do every morning is I look at imagery um, for inspiration, and uh, some it's a combination of photography and, as I said before, illustration. So I love this. Um, so I'd love to have you back again and and talk more, and I can actually um, spend more time thinking about some of the some of the areas I'd like to probe. But but but. For today, to the capstone question I'd, I'd want to ask you is, um, is there, so you clearly have a gift here. Uh, is there something that you want to do creatively, or maybe not creatively, but, but some sort of um, abiding passion that you want to see to later when time would permit? Ooh, so are you asking me, like, when I stop shooting music
1: like my retirement plans. No,
0: no, no more like, um, like I, the, the funny one is I asked this of uh, Russell Allen from symphony X and um, he built a I have boat a story about Russell too. Do you? Oh, you have to tell me before we go, but he built a, a boat, literally built a wooden boat. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, some people they want to do maybe acting or they want to be in a musical or they want to, you know, and, and so I always like to, just as a, as a flavor of you as the person, you're, this is clearly a gift, but is there some other thing that, like, maybe you do, and I just don't know, and we haven't talked about it—that you're really passionate about that is not photography?
1: I love photography, but it's definitely my job. I'm, I'm like kind of the worst person when I go on vacation. I don't want to bring a camera because it feels okay. like work. But that being said, like, I've always wanted to be like underwater scuba diver photographer. Okay. I love like snorkeling and that kind of stuff and I don't I'm not scuba certified yet but I also I, I I signed up for glass blowing classes I'm very much like if I want to do it I go do it I do snowboard it. I wakeboard I just rode my bike around um, we went to Oregon last week and I rode my bike around crater Lake yeah. um, just I, I like adventure so I'll, I'll do I'll try about anything you, you know I had to want. the way yeah that's cool so, tell, so there's okay. not one thing
0: yeah Well, and not everybody has that. And a lot of times I just hear, um, hey, we just want to get back on the road. Like there's literally nothing in my life but music and I want to go do more of that. Some people have like a thing that they really want to get to, but uh, it has to come later in life when there's time. Um, Before we go, you have to tell me your Russell Allen story. Oh,
1: it wasn't even that big of a story, but um, it it just goes to show how much I hang out with bands way too much. So we were backstage at the uh, key club in Hollywood. And I think it was for, uh, it was either a dime bash or like a metal allegiance show kind of a thing. Um, I think they were called metal masters back then, but he had a beer and he's like, Hey, no one has a bottle opener. Like, I don't know how to open my bottle. And then there was a whole bucket full of waters there. And I'm like, what kind of musician are you there's there's a water bottle right there he's like i i don't know how to do that oh my goodness give me your beer pop <laughs> and literally like an hour later he comes back will you open my beer for me again oh, i'm like come so here funny. let me show you how to do this
0: <laughs> that's awesome oh my gosh uh, you know the, i have to he's he's one when i was talking to him i had him on the show he and i kind of hit it off we did seven hours oh wow Just crazy like Long. And then we spent nine hours after that, so we talked for sixteen hours straight. But he, um, he's a he wants to make video games. Oh, nice! He's like a programmer, and I, or at least he has some some ideas. So, um, it's interesting the, to talk to people like yourself who are in the creative arts that surround and sort of drive forward metal and the culture. Um, for me, so I'm really grateful to you too that you spent some time. And if you're open to it, I would uh, like to have you back and go deeper. I'll spend some more time going through your, your portfolio. And I, what I would maybe do if, again, if you're open to it is I'd select a bunch of photos that, um, really, you know, like pop out at me and ask you to go deeper on them. No problem. I would love it. Okay. I hope I'm not boring. <laughs> no. I just don't want to be boring. No, you're, you're not at all. Not as a person and, and certainly not as a photographer. These are, um, like it, I know I heard you say that it is it's your job but uh wow what a shot that is that was great crowd sur- if you guys are, are, are seeing this it's a crowd a guy in a wheelchair crowd surfing how awesome that was at the
1: that was at the big four in New York and I was shooting for revolver and for guitar world and the editor or one of the execs at revolver came up to me he's like best shot you've ever taken I'm like really not a musician, the guy in the wheelchair. But again, it's that eye contact. He just happened to look my way. There was probably 20 or 40 photographers for the big four in New York. And I just
0: happened to get him looking at me. So it, it was timing and worked out great. You know what, this is a good one to end this conversation on. And then I'll, I'll connect with you offline for uh, a follow up. But what I love about this image is, um, that it celebrates, I think, what's best about metal culture. Absolutely. Right? This, this guy who loves the music, clearly, he has this particular challenge, but all of the people who want to participate and, and, um, and support him in that are helping this dude crowd surf. That's a, it's an inspiring shot, Like to, not to lapse maudlin, but in addition to being cool and that you captured the moment where we see this guy's eyes just up above, uh, over the top of his wheelchair wheel um, it also, there's like a, there's a metal, um, family. <laughs> it's our metal family. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I love this picture. I may, uh, uh, yeah, I may have to, we'll, um, we'll get a link and I may put us, a, a, a deep link directly to this particular photo. I think this is really, really inspiring. Well, thank you. Okay. Um, well, so, um, I'm going to let you go. But I am going to send you an offline note so that we can connect uh, and we'll go deeper. Uh, But for folks, this is Stephanie Cabral. She is a very accomplished photographer. Her work, um, we've explored a bunch of it here, but not uh, just a a sliver. Um, uh, Really, like, doing such a great service to these this music and I don't mean to sound too high-minded about it because the, the the images themselves are thrilling and awesome and funny and all of those sorts of things but like you have to have someone who's who has this sort of gift to, to be able to to deliver this and so I'm so happy to have made your acquaintance. Here's here's as well. Thanks Peter. I appreciate that. All right, I'm going to stick on the line. I want to say a personal goodbye. I'll play the outro for the folks that are with us on the stream here and then we'll go from there. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.